When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The camaraderie and the, the healthy competition part, I found later was unusual. And it was, it was Johnny Ramon that actually pointed that out to me later, talking about, uh, I think, you know, the friendship you saw between Pearl James and Soundgarden, for example, and saying, I never seen that before. New York wasn't like that. We hated each other. We would screw each other up. At every turn, if you could, you would mess the other band up. The best thing about it uh, is, I think that you learn from each other, you know, and you, you, um, you're inspired by each other. For me, uh, Temple of the Dog grew out of that. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. Got my brother Travis with me as always, and for our sidetrack today, we are covering a supergroup called Temple of the Dog. So last week we covered Pearl Jam and their debut album from 91 called Tin, and this is a band that kind of formed uh, surrounding the death of the lead singer from Mother Love Bone. That's right, yeah. Kind of like a tribute to him there's a a shared a shared connection between chris cornell which is the lead singer of soundgarden and as we mentioned last week both jeff ament and stone gossard of pearl jam uh were in mother love bone so you know obviously they knew him very well and their lead singer andrew wood had od'd uh i think that year, actually. I think it was in 1990 when he passed away. And it's also worth mentioning. I mean, it's pretty much the entire Pearl Jam lineup. So it's Mike McReady on, on uh, lead guitar. I don't know about the drummer, Matt. No, that yeah, that's him, Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron, okay. Yeah, so basically it was Pearl Jam plus Chris Cornell. Um, I think I think uh, Matt Cameron was a drummer back in the, the beginning uh, for Soundgarden. So there you go. I mean, that's just the, that's the Seattle music scene, right? If you think about it that way. Right. It's, it's the members from Green River. Right. With Jeff and Stone. You've got Soundgarden's Chris Cornell. So yeah, Chris Cornell was actually a roommate of Andrew Wood. Um, so he died in 1990 of a heroin overdose. The day that Cornell got back from a tour from a Soundgarden tour, right? So um, he wrote these two songs for his friend Andrew when he went on tour in Europe a few days later. And the two songs were Reach Down and Say Hello to Heaven. Both ended up on this record. Uh, So basically what happened was he gets home from a tour. Andrew dies the same day from a heroin overdose. A few days later, he's, he's back on the road touring in Europe and he writes these two songs on the road basically. So he had the idea that like, you know what, let me get 
a couple of the guys from Mother Love Bone to record this with me, just as an idea of, of putting it out as just like a, a single, like a two-track, two-side single EP. Um, and then they pull in the rest of the the rest of the group. Cool. The way that Eddie Vedder gets involved with this record is, you know, he had already flown up from San Diego to rehearse for, as we mentioned, they were then called Mookie Blaylock. So he came up there to to rehearse, and he just happened to sit in on one of the rehearsals with Temple of the Dog and provided backing vocals. That's cool. So that's kind of that kind of cool. So it's really interesting when you think about it, because when we listen to the record now, and when the record became a success, Pearl Jam had had received popularity at that point. Like Ten had came out uh, just a little bit later. So like it's one of those records that kind of became more and more popular. And that's probably helped with the fact that this was a a mashup of Soundgarden, which had already been successful with Chris Cornell on the vocals, and then es- essentially all of Pearl Jam, which became huge just a few months later, you know. So anyway. Cool. Let's listen to some tunes, man. Or a tune. Let's listen let's to- keep this one short and sweet, brother. Let's listen to a tune. Um, so the song that we played in uh, for the intro was, of course, Hunger Strike, which is their- the biggest, probably the most well, well-known song from this record. Um, so you probably recognize that. We're going to jump down to uh, close to the end of the record, and it's called Your Savior, track eight. And uh, it also features Eddie Vedder with the background vocals. So here we go.
Great track, man. Yeah, it's solid. And, you know, Chris Cornell, just like Eddie Vedder, just an iconic vocalist. You know what I mean? Like his probably one of the, the greatest rock vocalist of all time, you know. It was a really cool guitar riff, too, throughout the song. Yeah, and the guitar solo, too, obviously. Dude, I'm looking at the album cover here. I wonder if Jeff made this one, too. You know how, like yeah. I was saying, with, with 10, they had a hand in the art direction and everything? It definitely looks handmade. Yeah. Very 90s. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Rolling Stone gave it four out of five stars. And... Uh, the author, David Frick, who I think we've all heard of David Frick, like very well known. Oh, yeah. He said that for Hunger Strike and Reach Down alone, two of the singles, Temple of the Dog deserves immortality. Those songs are proof that the angst that defined Seattle rock in the 90s was not cheap sentiment, at least in the beginning. Nice. Which is interesting, right? Because I guess what he's implying is like, if he's saying at least in the beginning, it was it was genuine, you know what I mean? Versus you talk about all the bands that were called grunge that perhaps didn't deserve to be for whatever reason, that it was more manufactured, you know? Yeah. With Hunger Strike and Reach Town, they're more, like the songs are a little bit more uh, sentimental, like more, it's less about the testosterone and more about genuine uh, emotion and, and whatnot. And hello, I mean, we talked about this last week with Pearl Jam. All the the themes that he would talk about, depression, suicide. Right. So, anyway. um, But, yeah. So, with this song, Your Savior, um, yeah, the the guitar riff that that permeates throughout the song is just killer. The guitar solo is great. Really cool. Drum beat's great, and I like like the change up towards the very end. Like, I see why you wanted to play the whole song through. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of of different uh, changes throughout the the song, which is really cool. So, anyway. yeah, so this was a record we probably could have done a whole episode on, um, but it made for a perfect sidetrack for for Pearl Jam. So, and we can we can circle back and and cover Temple of the Dog at some point. We might find our way back to the '90s grunge here. Oh, we're gonna find our way back, dude. <laughs> By the time we're done with this little stint here, we will have covered maybe ten artists, maybe less than that, maybe eight bands, depending on how many. We end up doing because I think next week is no doubt, which I'm super pumped about. Yeah, me too. And then it's sidetrack for that, and then it's Blink One Eight Two, and then who knows what happens after that. So, um, yeah, we'll make our way back to the '90s for sure, dude. But yeah, that's it, man. That's our uh, that's our sidetrack here for Temple of the Dog. Um, Like I said, great record. Um, One of those kind of iconic records. You know, they they put out one. One album, you know, and then yeah, clearly Pearl Jam becomes Pearl Jam after that. So, yeah, and from what I'm reading here, like they've only they only had like one legit full live performance. Yeah, uh, it was minus Vetter, but they performed in Seattle at the Off Ramp Cafe, which is what I mentioned last week when we covered Pearl Jam, which is now called El Corazon. Uh, but they've done some one-off performances. If by chance Soundgarden and Pearl Jam are performing together, they'll do like little tiny Temple of the Dog sets within those uh, sets, which is kind of cool. But yeah, dude, that's it's just one of those one of those moments where they just all happen to come together and they're in the right mindset. And yeah, it's awesome that it exists. It makes you wonder if it would be 
if it would have became as as iconic had had Pearl Jam not seen success, you know, because it's like nobody would nobody would know or or, or give two shits about Eddie Vedder. That's backing true. It would have just you know? it would have just been a thing that Cornell did. Yeah, with some guys from Green River. Yeah, right. Or Mother Bone. Right. Mother Love Bone. Exactly. So, well, right, that's it, dude. Uh, I'm about to jump back on my couch and watch some uh, Flight of the Concords with my wife, dude. We've been watching so much TV lately. Uh, Did you ever get into Flight of the Concords, dude? You know, I hate any sort of group like that that does, you know, corny ass. You should joke watch the show, with dude. dude. No. Can't do it. I <laughs> can't get into it. it. I just can't get into it. Well, the episode that has uh, the iconic business time song, uh, we watched that one last night. It's so fucking funny, dude. And you know what, man? Even though it's a joke song, anytime I press play on that song, business time, you know what it makes me feel like doing? Getting down to business. Getting down to business, dude. Like I know, and uh, yeah, and you know who's really good at helping out in that arena? I know exactly who, dude. I'm not. Do do I look like a dummy? I know exactly. Tell me, dude. Tell me. AdamEve.com. You know what's funny? What you can you can type in AdamAndEve.com, or you can type in AdamEve.com. Both work because we've been saying AdamAndEve.com this whole time. That is not the official address. What? It's AdamEve.com. Oopsie. But it redirects you. If you type in well, Adam so they own both. They own both domains. They're looking out. So, they're looking out. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to get up to fifty percent off on one item. Well, dude, you only get that if you let them know we sent you. That's true. Because right now we got the hookup, dude. If you go into AdamandEve.com, pretty much any item on there you can find. Throw it in your cart, and if you type in no filler all one word in the promo code box you will get that item for half off plus you're going to get 10 additional gifts to help spice things up in the bedroom you know what i'm talking about dude i mean again i mean do i look do i look like a dummy dude i mean i'm just making sure you remember dude i know we do this every week but like i just want to make sure we're on the same page because you get one free item for you you get an additional item for your partner, plus another item for you both to enjoy. And then you get six free tantalizing movies to help you spice things up in the bedroom, dude. I'm talking TNA movies, dude. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, again, hop on to adamandeve.com, find yourself something nice, type in no filler into the promo code box. And you will get that item for 50% off. You're also going to get free shipping with every item. Plus 10 free gifts to go with the purchase. That's fucking awesome, dude. You should watch Flight of the Concords, man. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I really hope... I'm reaching out to our to our fans. Give us a tweet and say, Travis, watch it, bro. No, dude. No. You don't think anyone's going to chime in and say, Yeah, you should watch... A lot of the Concords. It's hilarious. Mm, nah, dude. Not feeling it. I just can't get into... I can't get into... I mean, what? what's the official... I know, dude. What's just what's I the... I mean, I keep calling it joke songs. Like, what is the official term for that? I don't know, man. I mean, They're legit musicians, No, man. that's great. I mean, that's fine. Then write... write 
legit songs. Let me see. Let me see. Because we're t- we're talking about like Weird Al, Flight of the Concords, right? Tenacious it's like D. I mean, Weird Weird Al is, is very much comedy rock. Comedy, comedy rock. rock yeah, I can't get into comedy rock. Um, I can't. Sorry do to hear it. that. I dude. just can't do it, man. Sorry to hear that, man. I do can't. you like comedies? I love comedies. Do you like rock? <laughs> the marriage of both of those. Things. Well, this exactly, dude. Thank you. You just I understand. Just the words right out of my mouth. Just because I like two things doesn't mean I like them together. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's your loss, dude. I just I don't find myself chuckling when I <laughs> when I listen to these songs because like I, I feel like it's too much. Have you ever watched a comedy, and then, or even a movie, any movie, and then you're suddenly aware of of the writer you know what i mean you're like sure okay yeah yeah i see what you're doing here you know what i mean i'm too aware like i'm taken out of it i feel like that's that's what happens to me when when i listen to comedy rock i'm just like well what if you listen to any song and you're reading the lyrics and you're like i see what you're doing here do you ever do that no just just enjoy it man but that's the point is that like it's very much centered around the lyrics when it's comedy rock because it's all just jokes, you know? There's no deep... There's nothing deep about about them. There's no meaning behind them. They're not all music has to be deep. I know. Especially I know. when it's comedy. But I'm just saying, like... And when there's a TV series surrounded, surrounding it. Right. It's just... It's too... It's too heavy-handed to me, you know? That's fine, dude. Most of this is going to get cut out. Let's just jump to our what your hurts, dude. Let's move right along. Yes. I got a doozy for you. Uh, I'm going to let you go first this time, though. Okay. So. What you got? This is as fresh as it gets. I was listening to this earlier today. Oh. You're talking about the strokes? No, no, no. I'm not going to do the strokes. Oh. But we can talk about that later if you want. Well, no, no, no. Let's just say right now. If you guys, if anyone listening right now, if you haven't heard the new strokes album and you're a fan of them and you've been waiting, just waiting for them to release something good again because in my opinion it's been years listen to their new album the new abnormal just came out travis and i are both big fans and we are long-standing strokes fans yeah i mean we've been we've been fans since the beginning uh literally since the beginning so q and i were talking earlier about this record and how it it sounds exactly like if we were to consider look into the future 10 years ago back when they were still making good records and say, I wonder what they're going to sound like in 2020. This is what I would expect and hope them to sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really great. It's a really good effort. Good stuff. Anyways, man, that's my little strokes sidetrack. Yes. What you heard lately, friend. Okay. So um, this, I, I love it when this happens. So this is a, a, a artist that I used to listen to years ago on Bandcamp. And he had a Spotify, uh, he had a Spotify page, but like none of these records were on there. And suddenly they just showed up on Spotify. Um, and I, it's been years since I've listened to this. So anyway, what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about is he goes by the name third person Lurkin. Have you heard of this guy Q? I don't think so. Like I said, it's Bandcamp is where I found him. So like very, very independent. He's on like the small UK record label called Dusted Wax. Um, cool. Anyway, this is trip hop down tempo. Like the 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 perfect 
like quintessential down tempo sound is what this is right but it's really well done it's kind of got dark tones to it uh more like you know really super laid back almost kind of atmospheric and ambient cool with like a dark kind of spin to it anyway so this record came out in 2010 so a, a decade ago again the guy's name is third person larkin the name of the record is The Nameless City. It's got dope-ass album art. Yeah, I like it. And uh, the track we're going to listen to here is called The Silver Key. dude what's not to like about that <laughs> yeah like i said just classic down tempo uh kind of sound and that whole record it you know it's it's you push play and and it's that that vibe the entire time and it's great man it's just awesome yeah great music to uh if you work at a computer all day uh it's great music to have on um if you're a coder like me if you're a developer yeah and for us dude that this kind of music that down tempo stuff is just had a special place in our hearts for like the majority of yeah our like years of actually becoming fans of music yeah i think we may have touched on this on like our our tosca episode we're like down tempo we we discovered down tempo together and it was like the perfect timing to because like you said this is when we were starting to branch out beyond you know the rock and roll that we the indie rock and stuff like that that we were really into back then yeah. and down tempo was this entirely different world yeah it was taking it was taking jazz which is something we were familiar with from our dad growing up yeah flipping it on its head and and merging it with like hip-hop dance and rap hip-hop, type yeah, beats yeah, and stuff dude. like that which totally. yeah so like 
yeah, you know, we discovered it at the perfect time and I'm, I agree with you. Like it's been there the whole time. Like I've never not, I I go in and out of like, of seeking this stuff out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's times where like I'm, I'm fully into it and I'm seeking out new artists and looking at and listening to bands and stuff that I used to listen to back then. And then there's other times where I'm like, I don't want to hear this again for a long time, you know? But I, you know, like I said, this guy, um, I probably listened to him a decade ago when he was first putting this stuff out. And now he's, uh, his entire discography is on Spotify. So anyway, um, pull it up, push play. If you like that kind of stuff, um, all of his music is great. So, all right, Q, what you been hurting lately? So I finally pushed play on David Bowie's Space Oddity album for the first time, and I, I dedicated an evening to it. My God, dude, such an awesome record. So this is an, his second full-length album. It's actually, technically, it's just a self-titled. It's just called David Bowie. And he also released an album in 1967, a couple years before this one, called David Bowie. But this album has, over the years, it's been released under several different titles, uh, also known as Space Oddity. So it's got the t- the first track on the record is Space Oddity. Everyone knows that song. Ground sure. control to major tone. Yep. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I'm like, you know what, dude? I don't know enough about David Bowie's music. And he is one of the greatest artists of all time. Dude, considering that we are part of a music podcast network. I know, probably, man. You know, we probably shouldn't. I shouldn't say that out loud. Well, I'm, but I'm, I'm saying you, it loud I, and proud, dude. And and yeah. I'm I'm just going to continue to dive deeper because this was such a great listen all the way through. There's uh, just so many great moments in this album. We're going to name off a couple tracks that I really enjoy, but we're just going to play one of them. Uh, I really liked track two, Unwashed and Somewhat Slightly Dazed. I'm just say I've never heard a harmonica rock that hard ever. Uh, Letter to Hermione is the next track. Really, really pretty song. Uh, the one that sticks out for me that, that I like thought about a few days after listening to it is the second to the last song on the record. We're going to play the whole song, dude. Uh, it's called God Knows I'm Good. Walking through the counters of a national concern And a cash machine was spitting by my shoulder And I saw the multitude of faces on his stretch and clean As the merchandise exchanged and money rolled And a woman hot with worry slyly slipped a tin of a stewing steak into the paper bag at her side And her face was white with fear In case her actions were observed So she closed her eyes to keep her conscience blind Crying, God knows I'm good God knows I'm good God knows I'm good God may look the other way today God knows I'm good, God knows I'm good, God knows I'm good, God may 
Clutching tightly at a paper bag Perspiration trickled down her forehead And her heart had leapt inside her As a hand laid on her shoulder She was led away, bewildered and amazed Through her deafened ears The cash machines were shrieking on the counter As her escort asked her softly for her name a crowd of honest people rushed to help a tired old lady who had fainted to the whirling wooden floor. Crying, God knows I'm good, God knows I'm good, God knows I'm good. Surely God won't look the other way. God knows I'm good, God knows I'm good, God knows I'm good. Surely God won't look the other way. Hey! So I've never, I've never heard that side of of Bowie before, which is kind of funny because like you know, I'm sure he's got plenty of songs like that. Yeah, that's yeah, and I'm uh, you know what? let's let's put this on record, dude. Uh, for me, I only really know Bowie's singles, and yeah, that's too. the thing, dude. Right, me too. That's what we're all about on this podcast. So I'm I don't care if we do it on this podcast or if I do it on my own time. I'm I'm diving into Bowie, dude, hardcore. It's fucking time, man. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, we need to, uh, I mean, at some point we're going to do a David Bowie episode, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's and David we're, Bowie. we're probably going to do Space Oddity, man. Sure. But that's the thing. That's why I want to dive into it and see see what else we got, man. Yeah. But yeah, this was 1969. His second full-length album, he would have been, he was 22 at the time. God damn it, dude. <laughs> I love the lyrics in the song. It's about a, a lady that steals a can of stew from a store because she can't afford it. She gets caught and she just cries out or thinks, you know, like, God knows that I'm a good person. Maybe he'll look the other way today and forgive me for what I've done. Man, it just fucking got me the first time I heard it, dude. Like, beautiful song. Yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I listened to this weekend. And let's fucking wrap it up, dude. Yeah, dude. All right. Uh, so it's a sidetrack. This is a sidetrack. So um, we mentioned this earlier. Um, next week we're gonna switch it up from the grunge, and I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm so excited. Uh, I love. So some of the songs on this record are just like quintessential '90s rock songs, um, and it's you know it's. Gwen Stefani, dude, you know? Yeah. I mean, what more do you want? We're talking about Tragic Kingdom. Came out in 1995 by No Doubt. 
And no doubt it's going to be a great episode. <laughs> no doubt. It's going to be fun to dive into this yeah. uh, ska punk band. I mean, yeah. they, they're they one of the few that found such success. But that's I mean, the thing, man. And that's one of the, one of the, the things about the ska sound, you know, it, it's, it's linked with the nineties in such a quirky kind of way. Like, you know, the ska, the freaking, the horns, man, you know, I never got into it, man, but I no doubt I've, I've always, either. I've always been into no doubt. And I say that, but I, again, this is another one of those moments or another one of those bands that I never really dove into farther than the singles. So this is going to be a first, first listen for me all the way through for this album. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. But like, as far as, as far as ska bands, dude, never got into it. The only other band I can think of off the top of my head, Mighty Mighty Boston's. Right. Exactly. But that's, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like there, there are those, those ska songs that, that made it into the mainstream, like, uh, the impression is what is it? The impression that I get by Mighty Mighty Boston's. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that song, man, and it's yeah. it's a great song, dude. But and like, a random ska song comes to mind that was on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, I don't know if if it was Mighty Mighty Boston, but it probably was. But yeah, exactly. So um, it's just one of those things where the generation that came after us uh, probably look at the ska fad that happened for a little bit in the 90s and are like what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> um, well dude that's the cool thing um it'll be fun to find a maybe find something a little bit more obscure in, in the ska vein from the 90s for our sidetrack for the side track, yeah yeah i'm totally down for that yeah well, that's so, our, uh, that's our challenge dude let's let's dig deep for that one yeah yeah i'm excited to listen to this record um i'm with you this is going to be my first my first listen through um from start to finish uh, for for Tragic Kingdom here, but I mean, who who doesn't who doesn't know uh, some of the singles on this record? Man, just a girl. Oh. Don't speak. Leave Good a time. message and I'll call you back. Was that yeah, on Tragic man. Kingdom? I think that was Spiderwebs. Yeah, that's track one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great fucking song, man. Dude, I know, yeah, I'm dude. Pumped. I'm pumped. I I can't wait. All right, dude. So as always, you can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, we are part of the family there. You can find a lot of other great music centered podcasts. Uh, you can check us out on pantheonpodcasts.com or hop under our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can find our show notes and track lists, all that fun stuff. So on there you can stream our, our episodes directly from our website and you can find us on pretty much any other podcast app. And until next time, we'll be shouting at you next week with some no doubt coverage. Until then, wash your hands, stay safe, all that fun stuff. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.